the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Glad to be back behind the mic, back in the studio, and quite frankly, back in into the country. As you might recall, or maybe you don't, I've spent the last couple of weeks vacationing in Fiji with three of my dearest friends. Well, one of them I just met, and we're now dear friends. Anyway, we'll talk more about that later in the program, but it is good to be back. I do want to take a moment to thank the guest hosts who sat in for me over these last uh, couple of weeks. It is always such a blessing to give an opportunity for other voices to be heard, and you heard from some of the best. So I'm really grateful for their willingness to take the time and energy that's required to pull off a show from somebody else's chair. So these are all very busy, productive uh, people who are engaged in meaningful work, and they took the time uh, to join uh, you here behind the mic, and I appreciate that very, very much. We're going to start out with some of the headline news. We'll also look at the lighter side of the news. And in the second hour, the Christian Outlook featuring uh, Peter Herridge. He is a premier Christian media organization. I should say of premier Christian media organization. He's going to talk about the late Queen of England's devotion to Christ. And Dr. Albert Moeller will talk about the gospel truth presented as millions tuned in to watch the Queen's funeral. Bob Bernie uh, interviewed uh, and talked about uh, theological illiteracy uh, as so many watch churches uh, from home via live stream initially avoiding gathering as a result of the covid pandemic now just because it's easier and more convenient bob bernie will weigh in on that and don crow talked with lance izumi he wrote the book the homeschool boom and uh, they'll talk a bit about that that's coming up in our coming up rather in our second hour so stick around for what will be some great conversations from around the country. But first, a look at some of the news of the last few days. On a woke military, Air Force Academy diversity training tells cadets to use words that include all genders and to drop mom and dad. I'm guessing not literally, just in terms of how they address mother, mothers and fathers. And the new woke military academy promotes a fellowship that bans cisgender men. On the November focus, the economy tops the list of independent voters' concerns. And in a face-off, a federal judge struck down a federal school mask and vaccine mandate for the Head Start program. In a massive scheme, two former Minneapolis officials have been charged by the Department of Justice for taking millions from a child nutrition program. In a cleanup on aisle 46, a walk back of the president's pandemic comments is the latest in a long string of White House clarifications. And the illegal immigrants, Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, flew to Martha's Vineyard, are suing him. Give us your tired, your poor, your litigious. Of course, it's unlikely this was the migrants' idea. More to that story we'll share another day. Well, the House of Cards ads have been uh, pulled for a candidate after reports he didn't actually serve in Afghanistan after 9-11. And in a new mantra, the GOP trashed Democrat public safety bills as an attempt to hide past support for defund the police. 
Well, saying we were so close, uh, President Trump drops new hints on possible 2024 run on the Sean Hannity program. Whether or not he is free or out on bail remains to be seen. In a case of heartburn, a Washington Post fact checker is being slammed for calling a fetal heartbeat a misnomer in defense of a liberal politician. Whoopsie, Whoopi Goldberg has, uh, was flustered on The View after being forced to explain her Lindsey Graham marriage joke. If you have to explain it, it's probably not funny. Had to die alone, a 63-year-old woman was found dead in a bathroom stall on a department store floor, unnoticed, apparently for days. Check in on your loved ones, your neighbors, and people you just run into. And the religious freedom fight, the high school football coach who won the right to pray is now facing a new battle. A few weeks after the U.S. Supreme Court concluded that Bremerton School District violated his constitutional rights, some wonder why he's not back on the field. Well, the fired coach, Joe Kennedy, says that he's still committed to getting back on the field as soon as the district uh, the court finalizes his reinstatement. However, the district seems intent on stonewalling. On the 11th of July, Kennedy's attorneys wrote Michael Tierney, the school's local attorney, asking for a face-to-face meeting to resolve all the remaining issues in the case. Almost a full month later, after a few uh, a new superintendent started in Bremerton, Mr. Tierney finally responded on the 4th of August saying, as for a face-to-face meeting, we do not see that as it would be useful. Nearly 42,000 New Yorkers have abandoned the state for Florida. Residents have developed a uh, distaste for the Big Apple. New York Post uh, reports that a record-breaking number of Empire State residents switched their driver's licenses to the Sunshine State version last month, according to a Post analysis of Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles data. A total of 5,838 New Yorkers made the switch in August, the highest recorded number for a single month in history. President Putin is escalating the war, threatening a nuclear attack. Meanwhile, Russian citizens are fleeing. The Financial Times reports that Vladimir Putin has ordered the militarization of army reservists to support Moscow's ailing campaign in Ukraine and warned that he would use Russia's nuclear arsenal if its territorial integrity was threatened, declaring this is not a bluff. Moscow announced the partial mobilization of 300,000 reservists ahead of the heavily stage-managed votes in four occupied regions of Ukraine to join Russia, where some officials have estimated that at present there are between 150,000 and 190,000 Russian forces on the ground in Ukraine. The Federal Reserve raised the interest rate by 0.75 points and is expected to increase the rate again before the end of the year. The Federal Reserve raised the lowest, uh, rather the target interest rate by three quarters of a percentage point to a range of three um, to three point two five on Wednesday and signaled more large increases to come in new projections, showing its policy rate uh, rising to four point four zero percent by the end of this year before topping out at four point six percent in 2023 to battle continued strong inflation. Meanwhile, the Dow dipped 500 points after the Fed interest rate hike. CNBC reports that stocks fell to volatile trading Wednesday after the Federal Reserve raised rates by 75 basis points and forecast more sizable rate hikes ahead in its fight to tame surging inflation. The Dow Jones Industrial Average slid 522.45 points, or 1.7%, to close at 30,183.78. President Biden's legislative agenda needs the pandemic to survive. So say critics. We'll tell you more about that in a moment when we return. But we do need to take a quick break. Again, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. 
And I'm here, the host, Georgine Rice. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. We're winding our way through some of the day's headlines. James Glenn will join me in the second half of this hour, and I'll tell you a little bit about my adventure in Fiji. Well, President Biden's legislative agenda needs the pandemic to survive. The National Review says the incentives here are obvious. Emergencies tend to turbocharge government power. The Democrats are hoping to turbocharge government power. Ergo, uh, try to hold on to this particular emergency for as long as they possibly can. Lest this appear to be a theory or worse, mere rhetoric. Consider that just one month ago, President Biden decided to transfer up to a trillion dollars of student debt liability over to taxpayers on the grounds that the 2003 HEROES Act accords such a power to the executive branch each and every time there is anything that can be plausibly deemed a crisis. Without a crisis in place, the, jurisdi- the, the justification rather would have been non-existent. New York AG Letitia James has filed a 222-page fraud complaint against former President Trump, Trump's children, and company executives. The housing market has slowed the uh, for the seventh straight month, and a federal judge has blocked President Biden's mask and vaccine mandate in the Head Start program. Governor DeSantis leads former President Trump in the Sunshine State, USA Today reports. The former president's support among Republican voters in Florida for another presidential bid has significantly eroded this year, according to USA Today Suffolk University poll, finding that Governor Ron DeSantis has scored gains in the home state that now share that uh, they now share. In a hypothetical 2024 presidential primary in the Sunshine State, DeSantis now leads Trump 48 to 40 percent. That's a reversal from a USA Today Suffolk poll of Florida in January when Trump led DeSantis 47 to 40 percent. Chicago Mayor Lightfoot has lashed out at McDonald's CEO for claiming crime is the reason for businesses leaving the city. Well, the mayor, Lightfoot, she fired back at the CEO of McDonald's after he highlighted the difficulty rising crime in the city has caused for his business, telling him he needs to educate himself on the matter. I think what would be um, what would have been helpful is for the McDonald's CEO to educate himself before he spoke. The Chicago Democrat said during a media availability on Tuesday, well, McDonald's CEO Chris Kempsinski warned in a speech at the Economic Club in Chicago at a luncheon last week that. Uh, It was time to face facts and acknowledge that companies have been leaving the city over the past year due in part to rising crime. Total violent crime complaints are up 37 percent over the last 12 months, according to Chicago Police Department crime stats. The Chicago crime rate is 3,926 per 100,000 people, which is 67 percent higher than the national average. A Republican senator is looking to force a vote to end the year-long national emergency declaration on COVID-19 following the president's statement. While a Republican senator is moving to force a vote on the question ending the years-long national emergency, pointing to recent um, comments by the president that the pandemic is over. With just over a month to go until the midterm elections, Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas on Thursday introduced a privileged resolution that calls for a vote to end the emergency declaration first declared in March of 2020 by then-President Donald Trump. Declaring an emergency allows the White House to use the National Emergencies Act to activate special executive powers. Mr. Biden said in an interview with CBS's 60 Minutes on Sunday that the pandemic is over, end quote, though he acknowledged that we still have a problem with COVID. 
The comments came as his administration has asked Congress for billions of dollars for more funding for testing programs, clinical trials and research and continue to keep the country under a national emergency declaration. Anti-government protesters in Iran have uh, led to at least 17 people killed. The United States has imposed sanctions. Iran's state-run media acknowledged on Thursday that at least 17 have been killed in anti-government protests, which have spread across the country. The unrest was sparked by the death of a woman detained by the country's so-called morality police, apparently for not covering her hair as required by Iran's strict Islamic law. Now, she was wearing a headscarf, but too much of her hair was showing, apparently. Reuters reports that Iranian President Ibrahim Raisa Uh, said on Thursday that acts of chaos are not acceptable in a warning to protesters who have taken to the streets across the country to vent their fury over the death of a woman in the custody of the morality police. Central banks raised interest rates mirroring the Fed hike. And in a trend, Chinese scientists and engineers are trading American university posts for positions in China. The Wall Street Journal reported that an increasing number of scientists and engineers of Chinese descent are giving up tenured positions to top tier American universities to leave for China or elsewhere in a sign of the U.S. fading appeal for a group that has been a driver of innovation. The trend, driven in part by what many of the scholars describe as an increasingly hostile political and racial environment, has caused the Biden administration to work with scholars of Chinese descent to address concerns. More than 1,400 U.S. trained Chinese scientists dropped their U.S. academic or corporate affiliation for a Chinese one in 2021, a 22% jump from the previous year. California is considering a ban on diesel trucks by 2020 or excuse me, 2040, California regulators are considering a ban on new diesel trucks by the year 2040, according to a policy proposal due for review next month. Draft guidelines from the California Air Resources Board would also mandate that all medium-duty and heavy-duty trucks entering ports and rail yards must be zero emission, with state and local government fleets reaching the standards by 2027. Leading automakers, however, have not yet brought electric semi-trucks to the market. Dennis Prager weighs in, saying these people are powerful crackpots. The destruction that will take place, it's already happening. It's beginning in Europe, where vast numbers of people cannot afford to heat their homes in the winter, not because of uh, Putin. Putin is a secondary factor. The primary factor in uh, Europe is uh, they've stopped producing their own energy. So it relies on a thug named Putin, end quote. Well, in a poll, American uh, believe Americans rather believe sanctuary cities should share the immigrant uh, burden. A majority of like uh, likely U.S. voters believe that sanctuary cities should have to share the border state's burden um, of dealing with an influx of illegal immigrants, according to a new CRC research poll conducted for the 85 fund. Sixty three percent of likely voters agreed that sanctuary cities should have to share the burden, including 38 percent who strongly agreed and 25 percent who somewhat agreed. Almost 25 percent disagreed, including 14.5 percent who strongly disagreed and 10.3 percent who somewhat disagreed. The House GOP unveiled their commitment to America. It's based on the spirit of Newt Gingrich's famously successful contract with America. GOP House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy released a new agenda for Republicans to follow should they retake the House in November. Titled the Commitment to America, the Republican plan will, as our as um, uh, was recently outlined, focus on four major policy themes, an economic or rather an economy that's strong, a nation that's safe, a future that's built on freedom and a government that's accountable. 
Governor uh, Bill Lee calls for investigation of the Vanderbilt Pediatric Transgender Clinic. And Senator McConnell is quietly optimistic Republicans will recapture the Senate. Stop talking about pregnant men, Bill Maher says. Woke baggage is Democrats' biggest problem, he went on to say. Iranians are seeing a widespread Internet blackout amid mass protests. And a letter reveals the Obama Foundation is keeping classified documents in an abandoned furniture warehouse. And on this day in history, 1780, British spy John Andre is captured along with papers revealing Benedict Arnold's plot to surrender West Point to the British. 1806, the Lewis and Clark expedition returns to St. Louis more than two years after setting out for the Pacific Northwest. 1846, Neptune is identified as a planet by German astronomer Johann Gottfried Gall. 1889, Nintendo is uh, founded in uh, Kyoto, Japan as a playing card company. 1926, Jane Tooney, I almost said Gene Tyranny, that would be an entirely different story, scores a 10-round decision over Jack Dempsey to win the world heavyweight boxing title in Philadelphia. 1949, President Harry S. Truman announces there is evidence the Soviet Union conducted a nuclear test explosion. 1952, Senator Richard M. Nixon, a Republican from California, salvages his vice presidential nomination by appearing on television from Los Angeles to refuse allegations, uh, to refute of improper campaign fundraising in what became known as the Checkers speech. 1955, a jury in summer, Mississippi rather, acquits two white men, Roy Bryant and J.W. Millam, of murdering black teenager Emmett Till. The two men later allegedly later admitted to the crime in an interview with Look Magazine. 1957, nine black students who entered Little Rock Central High School in Arkansas are forced to withdraw because of white mob outside. 1962, The Jetsons, an animated cartoon about a space-age family, premieres on ABC television as the network's first program in color. 1987, Senator Joe Biden, Democrat from Delaware, he withdrew from the Democratic presidential race following questions about his use of borrowing quotations and the portrayal of his academic record. 2002, Governor Gary Gray, he or Gary, uh, rather Gray Davis, he signs a bill making California the first state to offer workers paid family leave. And finally, in 2018, capping a comeback from four back surgeries, Tiger Woods wins the Tour Championship in Atlanta, the 80th victory of his PGA Tour career and his first in more than five years. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up next, James Blend will join me. We'll talk a little bit about the lighter side of the news, and I'll tell you a little bit about my adventure to Fiji. You're listening we'll to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. I wanted to take just a few minutes to tell you a little bit about my adventure in Fiji. But before I do that, I want to just mention that James Blend has joined us. In addition to talking about my departure, I want to talk about my return. And we'll get into that in just a few moments because James had a hand in what one could only describe as um, dreadful. We'll just put it at awesome. that. <laughs> dreadful. Uh, Anyway, as uh, you may or may not know, I had the opportunity to travel to Fiji with three very dear friends. 
and uh, left on the 5th of September. Um, it's, it's interesting because I had never in my lifetime said to anyone that I wanted to go to Fiji. But when I was sick, I remember sitting on the couch. I don't remember what was on the television. I was very ill. And at that time, it was difficult for me to stand on my feet from a sitting position. And I remember saying out loud, it wasn't even really a prayer. I just said, I would like to go to Fiji. Dan Rice wasn't in the room. No one was there. I just uttered the words. And it was just such a sweet thing when I attended a church service some weeks later in which Deborah Greenwich, who was hosting a trip, and I didn't know anything about this, along with two others, to Fiji and asked if I would be interested in joining joining them. And I just sort of burst out laughing because it was such an odd thing that she would have mentioned that very place. Well, to make an already long story short, yeah, I spoke to Dan Rice and he agreed the vacation was the right thing to do. And I have to tell you, Fiji is spectacular. It is lush and beautiful and warm. And every picture you've seen is an understatement of what's actually there. In addition to how beautiful it was, how warm the water is, how wonderful the place we stayed uh, was, the people are all of those things as well. Uh, we were immediately greeted as family and There's a tradition of singing and greeting people when they arrive with drums, and we receive that greeting, and it really was a reflection of what we experienced throughout the two-week visit. I spent more time in the water than I ever have in my lifetime, and I have to admit, I'm not a swimmer. I used to be comfortable in the water before I lost my brother to drowning, and now I I tend to panic, but my friends were determined to help me relax, Uh, so they got an inner tube that I always had around me when I was in the water. And I have to admit it was somewhat humiliating at times because they were, you know, two and three year old children diving into the pool and swimming around. But I was determined to stay safe and not to break my mother's heart by being foolish. I spent time in the pool. I spent time in the South Pacific Ocean and I have pictures to prove it. And by the way, I'm going to download some pictures over the weekend so you can see a little bit of what Fiji was like. Uh, All said, we had a great time and I'm just so grateful for having been included in this whole thing. I got home late, late, late last uh, the night before last. And so I'm still a little jet lagged, but glad to be back. And um, one of the things that I wanted to comment on was my return. I arrived uh, later <laughs> in the morning on uh, Thursday, expecting to sit down at my desk and just, you know, kind of power my way through the work that needed to be done. I could hear something outside the door as I approached it, but I wasn't at all sure what on earth that noise could be. James, do you want to explain what happened next? Oh, I think it's, uh, you know, you're the one that I was not there, unfortunately, due to the fact that my daughter's been a little under the weather the past couple of days. But I, I had been waiting for this day for months and had it circled on my calendar. And it was so unfortunate <laughs> I wasn't there. Well, the but int- I, I think since you were there, you were the best to recount it. Well, the interesting thing is, um, first thing Thursday morning, I got a call from James. So how you doing? When are you coming into the office? And I thought, oh, that's so sweet. He just concerned. Then he called me again an hour or so later. So uh, when are you planning on being at the office? He called me several times, and it went from sweet to, okay, what's going on? I arrive in the office. I hear this whirring sound outside my door. I open the door, and my office is filled, and I mean literally filled with baby Yodas. Now, I, I can't stand baby Yoda. It creeps me out. James knows that. Justin knows that. My coworkers know that. My office was filled 
with Baby Yodas of every size and description. There was one blow-up thing. It was a Baby Yoda holding a pumpkin that belongs on someone's yard. It took up a third of the office. I opened my drawers. There was a Baby Yoda there. I had a candy dish. There was a Baby Yoda there. I opened my filing cabinet. There was a Baby Yoda there. They were everywhere. You, I don't know where Covering you collected them wall. all. Filling my entire wall. Then there was a huge banner. I have a, a map in my office that has little pins in it, the places that I've gone. That whole thing was covered with a banner of Baby Yoda. So when I sat at my desk, he was staring at me. There were balloons featuring, I think there were four balloons, featuring Baby Yoda being held by a large stuffed Baby Yoda. Was this your idea, James? It, it, it was The genesis of it was indeed my idea, absolutely. Uh, but uh, I had very, very willing teammates. Uh, and, you know, we're very much a team and a family at the station. Um, and uh, it did not take long for co-conspirators to not only take the idea and run with it, but grow it on their own. Yeah, it so was really it was, uh, remarkable. It was, yeah, it, it was a team effort. I, I, I take credit for the idea, but really the execution of it, there are a good four or five people that are, that, you know, are most behind it. Was uh, I have to know? Was the engineer behind it too? Was Sam in on this? Sam was in on it from the knowledge standpoint, and he was he was he was one of the most giddy. He was asking me three weeks ago if I could contact you and find out when you were coming back yesterday. So uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm not calling her to find that out. I'll call the day before or the day of. Well, it was a rude awakening out. to walk in and see that menagerie of creatures, every one of which creeped me out. Um, so thank you, James. I have noted everyone's name that was involved in this fiasco. Uh, the terror has subsided. When I arrived, when I came back from lunch today, I didn't even notice, but everything was cleared out. There is no longer a sink, although I'm a little afraid to look in some places. There's no Baby Yoda anywhere in my office. But I'll be posting some of those pictures on the Georgine Rice Show Facebook page as well, because it was, yeah, uh, I, to put I, it mildly, a rude awakening. I know one of the most anxious and one of the biggest supporters of this idea was my own daughter. So, I mean, she can't wait to see pictures. She keeps asking, have you gotten more pictures? Have you gotten more pictures? I took a picture of every single Baby Yoda, from the tiny little ones to the paper ones to the stuffed ones to the plastic ones that are almost life-size to the banner, every single one. And I want you to know, James, I know where you live. I know where you work. I know when you leave. I know when you come. I know what route you take. Be afraid. Be very afraid. I, I think I, I said to you yesterday uh, the, the mitigating factor. So just remember, I can always have the last laugh. We'll discuss. <laughs> anyway, I did feel there was a sign that said, welcome back. I did feel welcome. And I, I haven't laughed that hard for that long in a very long time. Every time I looked in a different direction, every time I pulled a drawer open, a cupboard or something, there was another one of those little creepy things. So, well done. <laughs> well, on to some of the lighter side of the news. Voting opened on Wednesday on what toys should go into the National Toy Hall of Fame this year. Yeah, that's a first world problem. Coming up with National Toys for the Hall of Fame. Well, the class of 2022 finalists are... Are you ready? Bingo. Alrighty. Is bingo a really, is it a game? How do you put that in the Hall of Fame? You just do it. Anyway, Briar Horses, unfamiliar. Uh, Light Bright, loved Light Bright. Nerf Toys, Same Masters here. of the Universe, 
Pinata, uh, Phase 10, Pound Puppies, Rocco, Spirograph, and The Top. Now, you'd think the Simple Toys would have been in long ago, but The Top uh, is yet to be uh, to be in. Pinata is just now a nominee for the Toy Hall of Fame. There are 12 toys. They span the history of play. The Top is as old as civilization itself, and Bingo has been played in some form for hundreds of years. That's according to the vice president for collections at the Strong Museum in Rochester, where the Hall of Fame is housed. The public is invited to vote online through, well, the 21st, so you're too late. The three toys that receive the most public votes will make up a single player's choice ballot. That ballot will be counted alongside those turned in by the National Selection Committee, whose members include industry experts, academics, and others. The inductees will be announced on November 10th. Among those 12, do you have a favorite? I mean, I have a, probably the light bright would be my favorite, but it does seem some sort of weird injustice the top isn't in. Yeah, it does seem um, the top, which is probably outdated now. I don't know if they have them for small children, but you don't see many tops around these days. But I think the light bright for me as well, Nerf toys, I mean, they have ruled the day. You can, oh, yeah. you know, play a Nerf toy of any description and they are as harmless as most households need. Anyway, the announcement will be made on November 10th. So keep your, um, your eyes peeled and your ears open. We'll try to follow and find out which among the 10, the 12 rather, will make the national toy hall of fame. All right. I understand we need to take a break because Sam said so. So stay with us. You're listening to the Georgine Rice show. James has joined me to take a look at the lighter side of the news. I'm going to get you, James. You better watch your back. <laughs> You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show on a Friday afternoon. James Blend has joined me to talk about, you know, stuff, the lighter side of the news. So we'll continue with that. Well, I see YMI. I don't really know what that stands for, but we're going to go with it. Um, is offering a pumpkin spice among the new Merriam-Webster entries, finding out that shrinkflation, a dorkable subvariant, and even pumpkin spice are now officially in the dictionary, might make you exclaim, yeet, if you knew what that meant. Well, I see YMI. Those are five of the 370 words and phrases that Merriam-Webster added to its dictionary this month. The publishers announced on Wednesday, oh yeah, I-C-Y-M-I, short for In Case You Missed It. There you have it. And you did. And I, you did. I totally missed it. I like real words. But some of these words will amuse or inspire. Others will provoke debate. Our job is to capture the language as it's used. That's the Merriam-Webster editor-at-large in a statement. Words offer a window into our ever-changing language and culture and are only added to the dictionary when there is clear and sustained evidence of use. I-C-Y-M-I. Well, worldwide inflation has made shrinkflation a household word. Well, maybe not a household word. Uh, It is defined by the Springfield, Massachusetts publisher as the practice of reducing a product's amount or volume per unit while continuing to offer it at the same price, shrinkflation. Think going to the grocery store and finding that orange juice is no longer available in 64 fluid ounce or 1.9 liter cartons, just 59 ounce, but you pay the same. Pumpkin spice, well, that polarizing blend of cinnamon, 
nutmeg, ginger, cloves, and allspice that use uh, uh, that's used to flavor, well, just about everything, every fall these days, has been around for years, but it finally made it to the dictionary. And I'm all pumpkin spiced about it. Well, many of the words are slang. They're used informally on social media. Adorkable, a miss, uh, a mashup of dorky and adorable means socially awkward or quirky in a, in a way that is endearing. Adorkable. Yeet is either used to express surprise, approval, or excited enthusiasm. Or as a verb to mean to throw especially with force and without regard for the thing being thrown. Yeah, I'm probably not going to use that one. Well, the worldwide no. uh, coronavirus pandemic has pushed terms uh, once heard almost exclusively in medical circles onto everyone's tongue, including subvariant. Like, I believe James is a subvariant of a host, or excuse me, of a producer for frightening me in my office. Booster dose and emergency use authorization which are all new dictionary entries. Many new words are drawn from popular culture, including the verb MacGyver, inspired by the television character years ago, who can make or repair just about anything with ordinary items within reach. If all the new words are overwhelming, try listening to the calming dawn um, chorus defined as the singing of wild birds that closely precedes and follows sunrise, especially in spring and summer. The calming dawn Okay. So, James, right. you're going to be uh, incorporating any of that language in your... Uh... I don't think I can MacGyver any of them in. Yeah. Anyway, I just like real words, the I-C-E-I-E-I-O, I probably won't be using. <laughs> LOL. Well, a man in a pumpkin boat paddled 88 miles down the Missouri River in an attempt to beat a world record. While most typically celebrate their birthdays with cake and a song... One man focused on a giant pumpkin and the Guinness World Record. This was in Nebraska, or at least the residents from Nebraska. Dwayne Hansen celebrated his 60th birthday on Saturday by paddling a hollowed-out 846-pound pumpkin down the Missouri River, according to CNN, hoping to beat the previous record for longest journey by pumpkin. He asked officials for the city of Bellevue to witness the endeavor. The first Guinness World Record for this act, apparently others have attempted it, was set with a 15-mile trek in Washington, the state, according to the organization. Rick Swenson beat this in a a gourd of his own with a 25.5-mile ride down the Red River in 2016, which Hansen aimed to trounce. Well, he, uh, through this endeavor, uh, paddled his pumpkin for 38 miles from Bellevue's public boat docks to Nebraska City, according to his Facebook post. He left at around 7.30 a.m., around, uh, arrived rather around 6.30 p.m. with a passion for gardening, inspiring him to do so. Now, I garden, but I have never once thought, I'm going to hollow out a pumpkin and go down the Willamette. James? Well, I mean, the Willamette probably would eat the pumpkin away in about 30 <laughs> feet. but um, Probably so. But and yeah, I, I have not thought of that myself either. I'm not sure if my uh, little floating device would fit with me in the pumpkin because I have to be surrounded well, I, it would fit around the, the pumpkin well it would have to fit around me and the pumpkin i'm not sure you could get the get the record with all that but that Probably would be not. required well, let's see um beachgoers in southern california are being targeted by swarms of tiny aggressive sea bugs who have an appetite for human feet okay i'm officially creeped out 
doubly. The bugs who have earned the nickname mini shark have been identified as waterline isopods, a crustacean species that grows to be around 0.3 inches long and can form swarms of more than 1,000 individuals, according to Walla Walla University in Washington. The many sharks live in the shallow waters of the Pacific Ocean and seasonally migrate up and down the coasts, leaving in their wake beachgoers hopping in pain. (laughs) That sounds like so much fun. The bugs quickly find barefoot waders and will bite into their flesh, drawing blood. Since the animals are so small, the bites are tiny but painful, like a pain uh, a pin prick. Experts recommend rapidly shuffling the feet, reducing uh, their access, but does not eliminate the number of bites. People attacked by these isopods describe the bite as being painful and surprising, noting how the bugs uh, look like a group of tiny piranhas that attack their feet and ankles. Depending on how deep the water is, uh, those attacked noted that the pain faded after 15 to 20 minutes. Southern California beaches have not issued any warnings to swimmers at this point. I wonder if the, you know, dun, 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 if that precedes these little isopods coming after people's feet. I don't know. Uh, probably, it probably be like, ding, 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 My guess yeah, is we're going to see this in, uh, we're going to see this in salons where they're doing pedicures and it's going to be a thing sooner or later. Absolutely. I'm not happy. And, and probably a really bad sci-fi movie, too. Probably. Well, German customs officials say a trail of slime. Just think about that for a minute. A trail of slime led them to a stash of almost 100 giant African land snails and other items hidden inside bags at Dusseldorf Airport this month. A trail of slime. I mean, did they move themselves through the airport? In a statement Friday, authorities said officials stumbled over one of the snails on a bag, uh, baggage truck and initially thought it was a toy until it started moving. Yeah. By following the trail left behind the 20-centimeter uh, or 8-inch snails, uh, they found a bag with a hole with another snail already peeping out of it, possibly preparing to dash for freedom. In total, officials found six bags containing 93 giant snails, Uh, 62 pounds, um, 28 uh, kilograms. Uh, They also found fish and smoked meat and a suitcase full of rotting meat. Uh, All had been imported from Nigeria, were destined for an African goods store in western Germany. The snails were handed to an animal rescue service in Dusseldorf, and the meat was destroyed, according to Customs. Never in the history of Dusseldorf, Customs Office says, has a trail of slime led us to smuggled goods. Wow. I'm hesitant to say that these giant snails creep me out because I'm afraid next time I go for a weekend, I'm going to come back to my office and it's going to be filled with slime and snails i i, I don't even know what well, to say see, i mean after you talk about the creepy uh bugs that uh bite like sharks and, and the snails i i look at that and go boy it sure could have been worse for you georgie <laughs> wow One it's more about s- perspective it's about perspective it's about perspective i'll i'll ponder that just one more quick item i wanted to mention the fda is warning against using nyquil as a chicken marinade The agency is noting that the idea of cooking chicken in cough syrup is not only silly and unappetizing, but potentially dangerous. You have been warned. We'll pick this story up next Friday. Who in their right mind would make the effort? But nonetheless, TikTok, 
They see it on TikTok. People will just do stuff. It doesn't have to be appealing. It doesn't have to be safe. It was on TikTok, so I'm going to do it. You've been warned by the FDA. We're going to take a quick break. News and traffic at the top of the hour and the Christian outlook when we return. We'll see you later, James. All right. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.